Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It is a day when Christians all over the world recall the events Jerry read in the book of Acts and celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. Today I want to unpack a few of the details of the first Pentecost, but I also want to get into what it meant for the Holy Spirit to come to the church and to come to us. So the events of chapter 2 took place about 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus and about 10 days after Jesus' ascension. The disciples were in a holding pattern. If you remember from Andrew preaching last week, they were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' final words to them before he ascended were these. You must wait in Jerusalem for what the Father promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, and you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus often spoke about the Holy Spirit with his disciples while he was alive. He often shared details of the Spirit as he shared details of his coming death. Now, you can imagine as they traveled to the festival, to Passover, as they were heading towards Jerusalem, the disciples would have had great fear and great disbelief when they heard Jesus say, in a matter of days, he would be arrested. He would be mocked. He would be scourged. He would be crucified. Talk about a gut punch. Talk about taking the wind out of their sails. They're heading to Jerusalem for a festival. How were they going to survive without their leader? How were they going to carry out the work that Jesus begun without Jesus? In the gospel this morning, we hear Jesus say, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. The Holy Spirit is often described as an advocate, a counselor, or a guide. In the gospel, we hear Jesus try to reassure the disciples that they will be okay, that they will be able to handle life after he is gone because the Holy Spirit will come to them. So we find the disciples in Jerusalem in chapter 2. They are waiting. They are waiting. It is the day of Pentecost. The New Testament name for the Feast of Weeks, it's a one-day festival where they celebrated the wheat harvest and where the Jews came to Jerusalem to celebrate the renewal of the covenant made with Noah and later with Moses. We are told that the disciples are in a house and we read from verses 2 and 3 that the coming of the Spirit was marked by two outward signs. One was audible, a sound like a wind. Often in the Old Testament, wind is a sign of God's presence. Two, it was visual. 
tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. Remember in the book of Exodus, the presence of God was marked by a pillar of fire. You may also remember that John the Baptist said that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. But with these two outward signs came the Holy Spirit, an inward, invisible reality. We are told that the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit in a new way and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Their spirits were completely under the control of the Holy Spirit. Their words were his words. The Spirit enabled them to speak in languages that they had not learned. Now I can imagine the sight these disciples um, being filled with the Holy Spirit in a new way. They moved into the streets. They were exuberant. They were praising. They were probably just plain loud. And they attracted attention. Remember, there were Jews from all over the world in Jerusalem at that time for the festival. They would have heard the disciples, and we are told they were amazed and perplexed by the fact that they heard their disciples speaking in their own native language. Now, it wasn't just the Aramaic of their homeland or the Greek that would have been common, but it would have been languages native to their particular region. You can maybe think dialects. They asked one another, what does that mean? I love that every Jew present, no matter where they came from, understood the disciples' praise in their own language. It continues to remind us that God is accessible to everyone, regardless of who they are or where they are from. I love that the Jews thought that the disciples must be drunk, because why else would they be so full of praise, so exuberant, so excited? But Peter reminds them that it is only nine o'clock in the morning and all Jews knew that during festival days you didn't even break the fast till 10. So it was very unlikely that this group of men would have been drunk at nine in the morning. Then Peter quotes the prophet Joel, essentially telling the Jews that God's long-awaited spirit has come. The age of the messianic fulfillment has arrived. God is and will be pouring out his spirit for all people. Many say that it was at Pentecost that the church was born. So happy birthday, church. Only the Holy Spirit could equip the church for the task, for the mission they were called to. Remember, Jesus was able to act as he did here on earth because of his relationship with the Father. The Father was in him, and he was in the Father. Jesus did nothing apart from the Father. Jesus' mission, Jesus' mission was to carry on the work. Jesus reminds the disciples before his death that they will be able to carry out the work when he is gone. But for the disciples to be carrying out the work of Christ, Jesus needed to be in them. And they needed to be in him. 
Just like Jesus could do nothing apart from the Father, the disciples could do nothing apart from Jesus. The coming of the Holy Spirit made this relationship possible for the disciples 2,000 years ago and for us today. The Holy Spirit is God in us. Yes, the Holy Spirit can feel like a roaring wind, but it can feel like a cool breeze. It can be a mighty river or a meandering creek. It can be a light at the end of the tunnel or a refining fire. The Holy Spirit in us reveals the truth about Jesus and the truth about the world. The Holy Spirit reveals to us God's heart and our dependence on him. Like it or not, the truth is we were created to be dependent on God. The big lie since the fall in the garden is that we don't need God. We're independent. We can do it ourselves. We can run our own lives. We can make our own decisions. We can handle anything that comes to us. But that is not truth. We were not created to be independent. We were created to be dependent on God. We were created to be in relationship with God. Thanks to the cross, we as sinners are able to be in a relationship with God. Thanks to Jesus' ascension and the coming of the Spirit, we are able to live this truth and proclaim it to the world. As Richard Foster says, we do not live our lives under our own steam. We were never created to do so. We were created to live our lives in cooperation with another reality, quite simply, life in and through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in us. The Holy Spirit is our constant companion, our guide, our advocate, and our counselor. God, our Father, is around us. God, the Son, is God with us. God, the Holy Spirit, is God in us. The Holy Spirit will keep us. We can lean on him. He will strengthen us. He will teach us. He will lead us in directions that we should go as individuals and as a church. So I know some of you may be wondering, how do I know if I have the Holy Spirit living within me? I never felt a blowing wind. I never saw tongues of fire rest on me. So to you I say, do you believe that Jesus Christ is God's son? Do you recognize your own sinfulness and your need of a savior? Do you believe in your heart, in your very being, that he died on the cross for your sins? and that God raised him from the dead on the third day. Do you believe it? Can you declare it? Can you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? 
if you can, then I say you have the Holy Spirit living within you. For it is the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth about Jesus. Now, just as an aside, if some of you are not sure how you feel about Jesus and you want to learn more about his life, his death, his resurrection, if you're not sure about whether you want the Holy Spirit or not, I just encourage you to get in touch with myself or David through our website, through email, through text. We would be glad to talk to you. Many of us here are aware of the Holy Spirit. We hear his prodding. We hear his convictions. We hear his leading. But others of us are less aware. The Holy Spirit may be speaking, but we may not be hearing or listening for any number of reasons. But from the time of our conversion, whether we realized it or not, the Holy Spirit was our constant companion ready to guide, ready to counsel, ready to advise, allowing us to fulfill our God-given calling to witness to the ends of the earth. It is important for us to remember to pay attention to the Spirit's leading, to take time out of our busy schedules to recharge, to refocus. There may be times when you wonder where the Spirit is, when you feel drained, when you feel stressed, when you feel strained, and when you wonder where this abundant life we were promised is, those are the times when you need to pray for a fresh filling of the Spirit. As I said a few weeks ago, there may come a time when you would be prompted by the Holy Spirit to do something out of the ordinary. Rest assured that if that is the case, the Holy Spirit will fill you with all power and authority necessary for the task. Please remember that the Spirit that lives in you is greater than the Spirit that lives in the world. Let me leave you with a paraphrase by Ray Studman from John's Gospel. It is better for you that I go away for if I do not go away, the transformer will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he, the transformer, comes, he will make available to you all the limitless forces which lie in me. He will take what is mine and give it to you in the quantities that you can handle just right for your situation. For back of him lies the limitless power of God. Let us pray. Thank you, God, that from the fall you had a desire to bring us back into a right relationship with you. Thank you for your son Jesus, who lived among us and revealed your great love for us. Thank you for the cross that provided us with a way back into your presence. And thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells within all believers. Help us to heed the promptings of the Spirit in our own lives. 
Help us to live our lives as you created us to, in and through the Holy Spirit. Amen.